Hi, I'm Jim. And I'm David. And this is the Practical Guitarist Podcast. The podcast for people who eat, sleep, and breathe guitar. Hi, Jim. Hi, David. Have you had a good week, Jim? I've had a really good week. A really good week, believe it or not. Can I can I start off and tell you a personal story? Sure. It's a very personal story. It started at 4 a.m. this morning. Oh, my. And I got up out of bed because I was having an allergy attack. We had a house guest in the house. He was sleeping in the living room um, on the couch. Uh-huh. So I had to quietly sneak the living room into the kitchen to get my allergy pills. And then quietly sneak out the front door with my cell phone as a light because he sleeps in complete darkness. Uh-huh. And when I made it into the hallway and let the door shut behind me, which is a common area, I realized, fuck, my keys are inside. <laughs> oh, shit. So I got stuck outside my condo at 4.10ish in the morning. And the uh, next thing you know, it's like this. Hello? Hello? It was 50. 50- Can I come in? No, no, no. Better, better yet, Jim. It's 58 degrees, right? We haven't I'm seen 58 in, degrees in months. I'm in shorts and sandals and a t-shirt. And I'm like, fuck it. So I just sit down on the, I sit down on the steps to our building, which are concrete. So they're cold as shit. Oh yeah. And, oh, and, and I'm sitting there and I'm like, I really don't want to wake my wife up. It's her birthday. Happy birthday, uh, Miranda and Mandy, <laughs> whatever she wants to be called for this, for this podcast. Yes. Um, and I, I sit there on the steps for a good hour and a half. And I'm finally like, I'm starting to shiver a little bit. I'm like, fuck. So <laughs> I, I, it's it, now she has her phone turned off. Like, like it's on yeah. silent. Right. So it just vibrates. So she's not going to wake up. So I use find my iPhone and I do the alert thing. So the phone dings. Yep. <laughs> she wakes up about 10 minutes later. She comes out with my keys in my wallet. <laughs> Ah, it'll let me back in. She's like, here you go. <laughs> so I spent my uh, 4 a.m. Dr- or Well, I was 530 at that point. I went to McDonald's. I got myself some coffee. And then I went to um, I went to a, I went to a uh, truck stop to try and get some Kleenex because I'm having an uh-huh. allergy attack. And yeah. they didn't have any. So then I went to Walmart. And by the time I got to Walmart, I didn't have to. I didn't. My nose wasn't running anymore. So I just fell asleep in the car for like an hour. I felt homeless, and then I drove. I drove home, and then fell asleep in front of my house. So about nine a.m., I noticed that our house guest was on Facebook. So I went in the house. <laughs> so oh that being said, I am running on next to no sleep at this point. Um, and uh, we're we're doing two episodes, right? I mean, hopefully. Yeah. All right. So yeah. uh, here's our housekeeping, folks. I'm sorry for regaling you with my tale of woe. Uh, are you a regular listener? Why not? Subscribe to the Practical Guitarist using your chosen podcast app. Take the time to put in a review with a service where you found our podcast, like iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, or Google Play. Get involved. Find our Facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash Practical Guitarist. You can also find us on Twitter as at Practical Guitar or not as at, not Practical Guitarist, but at Practical guitarist if you're interested in supporting the show we have launched a threadless store at practical guitarist podcast.threadless.com or you can find us on uh patreon which is i'll publish it in the show notes again 
Uh, if you'd like to reach out to us directly, you can do so at questions at practicalguitars.com. Feel free to ask us about Patreon on there. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. I'm looking, I'm looking at the, the, I have, for the, for the listeners who are uninitiated, I have this little blurb on my screen and it's missing a line of text about Patreon. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I will have to add that back in. Um, yeah. So this week, well, I guess I guess I should I guess it's, I should talk about this. We've done. By some, the way, it's it's pract, it's patreon.com slash practical guitarist. Ah, I know that's hard thanks, to remember, Tim. but I'm looking at it. I couldn't remember I'm if at it your was, beautiful face I, right here. I couldn't remember if it was practical guitarist.patreon.com or patreon.com slash practical guitarist, but apparently it's patreon.com slash practical guitarist. And it's not practical guitarist podcast? Nope. Okay. It's practical guitarist. All right. So uh, with, with that being said, that was a really long housekeeping, but, uh, yeah, you guys know how to find us. Uh, we have many, many locations. We are, we are everywhere. We are omnipotent. Um, everywhere. Well, we're nowhere. not, we're not omnipotent. We don't have the knowledge, but we are everywhere. Uh, omnipresent is the word I'm yes. looking for. So anyway, uh, I saw a video this week. Well, we've been doing videos and one of the first videos and actually one of the more successful ones I've done so far has been the uh, shootout between the Boss Katana and the Mesa Boogie uh, Mark V 25 on the Dirt Channel, just to see how close the Mark V 24, not Mark V, the Katana sounds to the Mark V 25 in terms of being a two-amp, uh, two-amp replacement, because the Katana is obviously right. a digital solid-state hybrid thing. Right. What is it, what is it not? It is, it not, is not a two-amp. But not it's a it is not a modeler. Yes. A modeler. You got it, Jim. <laughs> you got it. You get it better than many other people on the internet do, apparently. So, uh, <laughs> all right. The video has been successful. People are watching it. I'm getting uh, feedback, not necessarily in the comments, but I'm getting feedback from various people who've seen it saying, yeah, this is a good comparison. Thanks for, for doing this. Like you made me realize the Katana is a viable alternative to, you know, spending thousands of dollars on a tube amp um, that I don't necessarily have to do because, you know, it's not a full-time gig. It's not my job, whatever. Um, being practical, basically. Uh, so here's the funny part. I get linked the other day from somebody, and I, and I think this was also posted in our Facebook group, but I didn't... So I, I'll be honest with you. When I saw who it was from, I was like, I'm not watching that. Uh, but I got linked it again in the Katana group. And then I was like, all right, now we, now we have to talk. So, the PV Viper versus Katana video that's been put out by uh, the Tone King. Oh my god, what the fuck? Like, I don't even know. I don't even know. Jim, have you, Jim you've seen it, right? I, I sent it to you. Yeah, I watched it, and... Um, you, I, you can't get your ten minutes back? I, yeah, <laughs> here's the thing. So, I, I'll be the first one to admit. I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, I could have, you know, the old joke, I could have done it better because I couldn't. Um, but the point is, I, I wouldn't have tried because there are a lot of people doing really good shootouts, really good shootouts. And there are a lot of people who are doing very good demo videos. That was neither. That oh. was, okay, I'm going to turn the, the distortion up so much and, you know, so on and so forth. And the, and the old hiding behind distortion and delay thing. That at that point it was just mud, and the problem is here's a muddy tone from one, here's a muddy tone from the other. I can't dial in enough mud on this this amp, so it's not as good. 
No, it, it's proving that it's better because it's actually got tone where you can hear the, the What's there's articulation on? in there. Yeah. Yeah. And then complaining about it. Oh my God. I can't stand that. It's articulated. All right. All right. So I'm not, I'll be the first to admit, I'm not a Viper fan. I've never, I, so I played a couple of them over yeah. the, I think what they've been out like three, four years now. I've tried, I've tried several. I, I never got one. I didn't even want to take one home. Now, you know me, I'll buy something at Guitar Center, bring it back three weeks yeah, later. Yeah. I, I do it all the time. Um, and that is one of the couple of amps, um, that one and the couple of the black, the black star ID core. Right. Uh, right. The well, PD, you know, the, or I mean, not the PD, the line six low end ones as well. There's the, I, the I spider. Just, okay, I'm going to get, I'm going to round them out cause I played them all. Right. Yeah. There's the spider. There's the Viper. There's the ID core. There's the, the code. There's the, uh, um, yep. Mustang. There's the Mustang GT. There, there's like, there's a couple different of the, the Fender Mustang amps. And yep. then, there's um, the Vox AVTX, and I'm probably getting that model number wrong, but I, but I think it's the AVTX. And then okay. uh, a bunch of other like just similar solid state offerings that, that don't really have the voicing options. You're gonna get that you really want, yeah. right? Right. So here here's my problem with this with this review. I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna harken back to the review itself, and I'm gonna and I give some information. So what he did is he took a 50 watt katana, he plugged it into a speaker cab. He took a 50 watt PV Viper, he plugged it into a similar speaker cab. Right. Um, now, in the right. video itself, I didn't see any mics, but it's not. I'm not saying that he didn't mic it up. I just didn't see him in the video. Here's the, here's my issue. He's playing the Viper, right? And he's like, "Oh, well, it gives you all the features right on the front panel, and you've got like 32 amp models, and you can't. You only get six in the Katana." First off, the Katana is not a fucking modeler. The Katana yeah. is a digital solid state amp. It is not meant to model anything else. It is meant to be its own thing. The fact right. that the that the clean channel is similar to a JC120 and that the lead channel is similar to a PV5150 and or, or Soldano, depending on how you feel about it. Um, yep. it, it, it it's incidental. It's incidental. Like they're, right. they're not going for that. That's not what this amp is supposed to do. Now, right. this is what, this is what irritates the piss out of me. Nobody. And I mean, nobody is raving about a PV Viper. It's no just one. not fucking happening, people. This guy no. is on drugs. And and I, when I saw the video, I was like, are you fucking kidding me? A PD Viper? I mean, I've yeah. seen people shoot this out with the, with the, um, the what's the, um, the Marshall Code, which is a better fit, by the way, because this thing is a little bit more British voiced than the PV right. Viper will ever claim to be. Um, because the PV Viper is a straight modeler. You want to compare yeah. that to another amp? You know what amp I would compare that to? I would probably take it and shoot it out with a Line 6 Spider. Right. Beca because exactly. that's the closest thing you're going to get to a PV Viper. Or, or the low-end um, uh, Mustang 2. Yeah. Not not now uh, not the software side of it, but the the speaker-to-speaker -speaker side of it. So now that said, because it's a 40 and a 50. But here's here's the thing I want to get to. First thing he did, he goes into, well, I don't know if it's the first thing, but one of the things he did, he goes to the acoustic side and says, oh, this doesn't sound very acoustic-y. Um, no shit, it's not a simulator, right you dumbass! It. <laughs> it's, it's not supposed to be modeling an acoustic, you moron. It says right in here um, that, I'm sorry, I shouldn't use moron. Um, but anyway, no, no, but, it says but right it's appropriate. on it. I apologize for that, sincerely, by the way. Um, it says right on the, the paperwork, the acoustic side is so that you can take it and plug your acoustic into it and play acoustic gigs. It is not an acoustic 
modeler. I know I have that instruction book. Yeah, no one can see this, but Jim and I both have what is the Boss Katana Owner's Manual. Who would have thunk oh it? We bought one. No. We liked it enough that we actually bought one. <laughs> and it says right in it, it's not an acoustic model. That was one of the first things, even when I saw um, uh, who's those guys at Anderton's, when they did a review. Um, he said it's not meant to be an acoustic simulator. It's not even meant to be a clean for your electric. It's for your acoustic. So it's for an acoustic pickup. If you really want to, the Boss Acoustic Simulator is one of the pedals that's in this amp. You can plug that into your computer. You can dial that in as one of the models on the, the right. effects uh, control. Set it to that, and all of a sudden, you got an acoustic tone for that for that amp. It, 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 his his comments are not justified. They're just not justified. No, not a- Okay, and, and the thing is, he got he got um, he was like, well, um, I can I can dial in thirty six models on the Viper, and I can't dial these in. Well, first of all, yes, you are supposed to use the 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 co or the um, Katana's software interface to, to yeah, put and that sucks. And I'm not gonna lie, that sucks. It does. But but it it was okay. But the other side of that is, and this is the thing that people love about the Katana, is why that is because it's simple. Put. Put a delay you pedal in there. Put a, you got right. it. You know what I mean? And so, yes, it, on one side, it hurts the amp in the, in the you know, I'm taking it to a gig and I want to dial in a bunch of stuff. But it doesn't hurt the amp in that um, that is what makes it simple. When Because in reality, how many delay pedals you're going to have on your board? I mean, we're not well, all... Um, the, the edge. <laughs> are we on? Are we on pedal boards of doom here? No, I'm kidding. Yeah, because no. um, I know we have listeners that are also on pedal boards of doom. So, yeah, no, no, no disrespect to you guys. I've had a pedal board of doom at one point. Uh, <laughs> what kills me about these about about his review though is that he's he's completely shortchanging the katana in every possible way he can, and he's neglecting it, to mention the fact that pros are using katanas live. You want you want to know the one that shocked the shit out of me, Jim? I saw a video clip of Pete Townsend with a yes. fucking katana. Like, what does that tell you? You don't see him with a PV Viper, and I no. guarantee you boss is not paying him. They don't Absolutely. have to. These things are selling out like hotcakes. They can't yep. keep them in stock in some places. When the fucking foot controller is sold out for like two years, that should be a big red flag. They got a hit on their hands, people. This right, right. now is probably the best-selling cheap amp there is. I mean, yes. honestly, I've had people ask me, like, what would you buy? You know, what if you bought a, a, an amp for under $400, what would you buy? P- or Katana. Why, why else? I bought All two right. of them. I bought one. I sold it because I didn't need it anymore. And then I bought another one. Yeah. I'll, uh, all right. I'll say this. The, all right. So I have the Mustang 3. Two? Three? Uh, the Mustang GT. Sorry. Mustang GT. Now, it's not because I don't like the Katana. The reason I have the Mustang is for the same reason that we just talked about. But here's the thing. So the Viper, if I, if I was going to shoot out the Viper, I'd shoot it out with a Mustang because the Mustang would kill it. The 100-watt the Mustang um, is going to kill the Viper every day, all day long. Yeah, because the and Viper because deck the Mustang is, is great. Right. I'm not saying that the Mustang is great. That's not what I'm saying. Right. I'm saying if I'm going to use a versatile amp, it may as well be a decent versatile amp versus a shitty versatile amp. And the, and the, um, the Viper is crap it's just crap and it's you know i I don't know what he was trying to go for there um but was pv paying him i mean because i know he's got stuff with heart he has he has endorsements with various people but he's talking about i'm I'm assuming 
So there's a bunch of different Vipers now. Like they have a whole line, and and the original and and I'd be remiss because I'm looking at the page right now to to mention I have not played the current Viper, but I can I tell have. you right now from the clips that are in the video that this is what got me. He's sitting there going like, "Oh well, I can't get that. That this is all the gain that the katana has to muster." Well, number one, you have boost pedals in the katana. Number two, the uh, the gain that you're getting on the katana. If if you put that on the brown sound or the lead channel and you have not enough gain, you don't know how to play the guitar. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like you really need to like bone up or something. Cause I, I, I and, and and PB is guilty as sin about this. Like for when I when I did the fifty one fifty, everybody's like, Oh, that's too much gain. It's more gain you'll ever need. And then it kind of set the standard, so now like you can get like dual wrecks and stuff like that 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 you know put out that much gain. But um I, honestly, like I, I, I just don't see where people are going with this. Like, oh, it doesn't have enough gain. What what the fuck are you playing? What are you playing yeah. that you need that much gain? Yeah, what? Uh, honestly, I, I know people who would finding, play death metal with this fucking thing. Well, um, what a lot of people are finding, and I just saw Robert Jackson did, uh, um, shout out to Robert, um, did a video where he talked about um, less gain gives you more articulation. Yep. That's why Again, I dial mine back. All right. Uh, and I'm, I'm going to say something that's going to, you know, that would tick some people off. First of all, if you're a bad player, lots of gain is not going to do you favors. You're playing. It hides your bad playing. Mm-hmm. Anybody knows that anybody that you can, you can throw the gain up as high as you want. Tune down to, you know, drop whatever. It, it messes with, with your attack finger. so you can't feel the rhythm of the uh, where your notes are right. hitting with regard to the beat. And it also allows you to, to slur things. That's right. That's what I was going to say. You can all of a sudden the, the, the human ear's ability to detect where those notes are is gone. And the reason is there's so much mud around it. It, it becomes its own wall of sound. We talked about that wall of sound thing before. Mm-hmm. And so you can hide imperfections under tons of gain the best players in the world okay so a lot of people when the minute they want to do an acdc song they turn up their gain they turn up their distortion angus plains as clean as you can imagine he just plays to a lot of amps but he plays clean he's a very articulate player um which is uh, uh, the magic of his playing and so um I don't know. All I can say is I use the I use the Mustang GT 100 because I use the direct out. So I don't care that the speaker isn't that great. I'm using it for monitor. I just don't give a shit. And I only care about what it does. And I do that only for church. So I want all those ethereal things that I can mm-hmm. get from it and I can program into it. Plus, it has a built in looper. There's a lot of things. But if if I was going, I, I have a friend who's in a country rock band in this area he uses a 50 watt katana every gig every time and he's got killer tone he uses a um uh for a guitar he's using a um uh uh, music man um uh, isn't isn't eddie van halen with music man i don't remember who's uh he is now with fender actually he's actually with fender now okay Mm -hmm. so he's using a but he's using an, an old, um, uh, when I say old, a Music Man. Yeah, it's a Music Man Axis design that's kind of been skewed a little bit. Yeah. And, um, well, he's using the old, uh, he was, 
wasn't he Eddie with Music Man for a while? Yeah, he was in Music Man for a long time, and then he went to PV, and yeah. then he went to Fender. So he's got a Music Man from when Eddie Van Halen was with him, and he uses a um, uh, a pedal board of real. I mean, good. I mean, when I say good pedals, we're talking about the um, is it Ubershaw that makes the uh, uh, yeah? You're talking about Bogner. Bogner, thank you. Yeah, so he's got Bogner pedal on there, um, and he's got. Uh, so he's got all these um, uh, really good pedals um, all into a katana. And why? Because a katana is light. It's easier to carry than a tube, but it reacts to his pedals the way a tube would for a live environment. All you day know, long. You know what? And that's the thing. All right. So I'm going to get real with our, with our listeners. I did. You know, and everybody says, Buzzface has got to be put through a tube amp. I've done yep. fuzz face demos with my katana. Yeah. What the hell? Like that, that you told me that five years ago and I would have laughed in your face. I would have been yeah. like that. That's no, like I honestly, the, the, the tech wasn't there, but the tech is there now. It is. And it's not just the tech. It's just the ingenuity and design and stuff. I mean, the, the katana is running a GT 100 under the hood. That's what it is. It's a GT 100 chip. You can access all the amp models from a GT100 in there, that the old floor processor. Um, so I don't know. Like it's just getting to the point where people are just like, if the guy says it on YouTube, people believe him, right? And now it's like, look at the proof in the pudding. Like, how many people are believing this dude? He's got what eighty eighty something thousand subscribers or some shit. Yeah, yeah, eighty six thousand subscribers. And and I, less you know, than a, less than one percent of which watch uh, actually watches videos. I so can that's be the point. I can be completely critical of his playing. I'm not going to insult the guy, but like, look, if you're going to do YouTube demos, you can't play cowboy car chords through like a diesel amp. It's just ridiculous. Right, yeah, <laughs> it's just ridiculous, man. Like you're not you're not doing anybody any favors. And and to think that like you're gonna play you know a couple of chords and then go and turn some knobs and then play a couple more chords, I, I don't get any I don't get any feel for what the amp is capable of. I want right. to see when I do a demo and this is my approach from now on and and kind of the what I've been doing so far. I either want to see something unique done with the equipment or I want to see the best possible sounds that you can get out of the equipment the equipment you have in in the demo. Right. Like don't show me this is the whole range of this knob and this no. Because we know we know nowadays pedals are good enough, and, and unless it's you know specific design is supposed to be esoteric or whatever, it, it's good enough to be tweaked to work in your rig. Brian Wampler is a perfect example. He's a guy that makes pedals that gives you an EQ sweep that's just out of this world. Do I need to see that in the video though? All I need to do is hear you say, "Yeah, this thing's got an insane amount of EQ options." That's it. You don't have to show me. Just show me how it sounds good, and right. then I'll be happy. So I just feel like we're getting these salesman tactics now where companies have come to people like these YouTube guys and they're doing the influencing thing. And for whatever reason, people in the guitar community seem completely invulnerable to understanding what um, influencing actually is. You know, these people are getting free equipment from manufacturers. And if they want to continue to get free equipment from manufacturers, what do they do? What do they do? Yeah, they they're lie. Gonna, they're gonna- that's right. Well, they lie through their fucking teeth sometimes. They may not lie. Not all of them do it, Jim. But, but they they stretch the truth. You we should say it that way. You should always. Uh, well, no. I 
if you're going to tell me, and, and I'm going to give you the exact title of this video, which will be in the show notes, PV Viper crushes Boss Katana. You better have yeah, that fucking, you should, you should have that, that fucking PV Viper on a goddamn steamroller rolling over a Katana. Cause otherwise you're full of shit. Yeah. That is a lie. It's clickbait. It it's bullshit. It's what it, it is. It didn't crush it. Well, well, here's the thing. The, the clickbait is here's a Katana. I know it's popular. I, and let's take the, the name of it out. Here's guitarist a or, or gear a and gear B or guitarist B crushes it. You know, it's like the click clickbait where you go. Um, uh, so Trump said this and so-and-so um, uh, crushed him. Uh, internet is, is destroyed by um, this video killed the internet. Now, let me tell you something. My fucking internet was working yesterday and that video didn't stop a blessed thing. I, <laughs> me doing, Sorry. me doing this discussion with you is not going to change the world. And I want to make no. this very clear to everyone. I don't think the PV Viper is a bad amp. I'm just saying you can't sit there and say that one is better than the other like that. That doesn't work. The proof is no. in the pudding with your particular application and usage. There Absolutely. is no bad tone, only inappropriate tone. Thank you, Ryan Burke, for coming up with that phrase. Yes. I, I, I really firmly believe that. But but at the same time, you're not comparing apples to apples. You're not doing no. a, a, a good job even looking at the gear. And you've put a title on there that makes the assumption that your listeners are stupid enough to buy the fact that the PV Viper at $200 or whatever it is with with its, you know, PV badge on it is somehow going to be superior to something from from Boss. Like I, it's again, it plays on that stereotype that Boss pedals are shit because they've been inexpensive. Boss pedals have never been shit. They're some of the most usable pedals you can buy on a budget, and that's that's where I'm at. That's what I want to say right now. Don't throw anybody under the bus unless you know you've got the whole thing done. And I'm again, I'm not saying the PV Viper's bad. I, I have not tried this particular iteration. And it might be okay, but I'm not going to say, look, when everybody's running out and buying boss katanas, that the PV Viper is better. That's just ridiculous. It doesn't make any sense. But it does sell. It does sell YouTube time. Yeah, this is this goes back to we've discussed this before on our podcast. I don't want to milk it. It's just that if I want to get YouTube time, I'm going to to say things that piss people off. Right. I'm sure I'm pissing people off right now by saying I don't like the Tone Kings videos. I hope that some of our listeners are, and I'm going to use an expression that I never thought I'd hear myself say, but it's it's going to be really funny. I just, if the Tone King has fans and if they listen to this show too, I hope that I at least woke one of you. And I said woke. And that's as close as I get to being political. Look, the guy does come across. I, I'm I'm a New Yorker, and that guy does come across like, like a used car like salesman. Greasy used car salesman. Yeah. And speaking of greasy used car salesman, let's talk about the best one in the world, or former Ed best Roman. one in the world, Ed Roman. And for those of you who are not in, who are not, and this is the second time I said this in this episode, so I'm really excited. Who are not initiated uh, <laughs> or not experienced, Ed Roman was. The guitar sales guy for a lot of high end players, people who right. wanted the guitar, like the specific thing. They before had some you, crazy right. demand. That's before where you, you went too far before you go too far down the road. 
I want to say something from the from the people who were buying at that time's perspective before you start going into. Oh no! I'm, I, I was gonna, I was getting there. I was going to talk about it. So people who were buying from him, and I know I was in that community. I never bought anything at Roman. Um, I thought I'll about be honest, it. I thought about because it because he was overpriced. But um, there were people who just it, okay before YouTube in a land. Imagine a day before YouTube. There was a time. It was back before Janet Jackson um, uh, had a, an accident on television. Because that's really what an accident, YouTube, a by malfunction. The way, folks. Yes, a, a malfunction. Um, yeah, it was only that long ago. I know we can't imagine a world without YouTube, but it was only that long yeah, ago. Yeah. There was a time when people used bulletin boards and, and stuff like that um, and, and magazines to. Um, learn about their you know what they should buy and what they should get and believe it or not ed roman was talked about highly he was regarded as his his shop was regarded as one of the places you should go to get stuff because it was good and he was right oh my god and his sales tactics made the used car sales folks in new york city look like angels like boy scouts now now it's your turn can i tell can i tell the yes. world a, can i tell the world a story like i did already go for it when i first heard of ed roman um i had been playing guitar two years right i didn't know a whole lot about the gear world i i knew the major brands um i was playing a line six flex tone two three xl and uh that was my first real amp right Digital modeler, but it was a real amp because it was gig worthy and it was loud and it was big and it was fucking heavy and it had a floor board and all this stuff. Uh, it was a ring in a box. So um, that amp served me well. Um, I lost my shirt when I sold it, but it served me well for a very long time. But anyway, uh, I had that amp. I was a member of the Line 6 forums because I had that amp. So this is all actually going somewhere. And there was a guy in that forum and I can actually remember his, his screen name, but it's not relevant to this. Um, this, this is a very long time ago and this left a very deep impression on me. He was, he was the first internet friend I had guitar related. And he told me, he said, you want to learn about guitars? He's like, there's a place you need to go. And there's these articles you need to read. And it's over at this place called edroman.com. And I went to edroman.com and I poured through all these articles and I took it as gospel because I was dumb. I was, I'd only been playing two years. And this is why I do not particularly like those kinds of sales tactics. Because many of the things I read at Ed Roman's site are patent bullshit. Patent bullshit. So many of the claims that he would make in his rant section were just complete garbage. Just, just spouting off the mouth. And, and with no real evidence to back it up. And so that's why... Um, we, we were talking about the used car salesman bravado and used car salesman attitude and the I only have to get you to believe it once kind of thing. Because once you sign on that dotted line, you're fucked and I have your money. So, Ed Roman, as, as, I, as I have learned more about him growing up, um, was a preeminent dealer on the East Coast and eventually moved to um, Las Vegas, relocated, got a warehouse filled it with rare guitars. In some cases, the only way you could get certain guitars, and I'll go into a specific brand in a moment that I had a hefty interest in, um, which 
you could only get their stuff from him uh, and basically tried to create monopolies where he could. And he screwed a lot of people over the years, especially small builders, uh, bringing them under his wing as, hey, you're going to sell directly through me. And then basically, and I'm going to find you distributors. And meaning Ed Roman is going to be your distributor and you're not going to get the sales that you want because Ed's not really going to push your guitars that hard. Um, it's, it's just a whole thing. Like he, he, he was the guy that you went to if you needed something special and rare. And if you didn't, if he didn't have it, he could make it. He had a custom shop in house that could make it. And he would tout that custom shop till he was blue in the face about how they had made guitars for all these other companies and there's no credence about it. He he wouldn't tell you who because he was bound by contracts not to say who he had built guitars for. And it's it, it's bullshit. He wasn't building for anybody. That's called a lie. If you can't provide evidence, that's called a lie. Or if you're a business owner and you're going to do that, then you don't say it at all. Don't admit you're in bed with the enemy. Say we build guitars because we build superior instruments for those that need them. You know, I, I just don't understand the whole logic there. And then if you look through some of the things they did, like some of their lines like Quicksilver, I think was um Quicksilver I think was the no, that was the PRS knockoff line. And then they had um they had a fender knockoff, the Pearlcaster line, which they oh, we're doing this super special neck joint thing where we put these inserts into your neck. Ibanez was doing that for years. Like th- that was nothing special that, that Ed Roman had come up with. Uh so, it, it, nevertheless, the sales tactics thing, the reason people still talk about Ed Roman, he's been dead, I think, for eight years now. He had a heart attack because he was such an intense dude. Everybody said, like, he just he just could not handle it. And um, you can see there's videos of actually of, of interviews with Ed Roman. I'm sure to his family and to other people, he was a he was a wonderful guy. I'm sure there are people that had great experiences with him. But the problem is there's a lot of people who had terrible experiences dealing with Ed. Um, and I can tell you because I used to frequent uh, a, a lot of Steinberger forums. I, I had a healthy obsession with Steinberger guitars growing up, uh, being born in the 80s. And then, you know, my formative years seeing Steinbergers, either the headless with a Strat style body or the uh, broomsticks. I was like, I got to have one. I wanted one so bad. And I and I started looking into it and I realized that like to get an authentic one, I'd have to get parts from him. Because he was the only guy with parts, and the reason he was the only guy with parts is because when they closed the Steinberger factory, they had a, they had a semi truck on the property that was filled with parts. He went out and bought the semi truck and took it, and and marked everything up three hundred percent. And like I get it, you're exclusive and all that, but at the same time, he he starts building Steinbergers with their parts in his shop that were, by all accounts from people I've talked to, inferior instruments, and people were buying them just gutting the parts. Like that's basically what was going on. He would make you pay the three grand to get to get all the parts to build a Steinberger. So you pay the three grand, and then you take it and you go put it in your own neck and body, and you have a real Steinberger when it was done, you know, or something that was more equivalent to what a Steinberger should have been. Um, it was just it was it was a disaster, um, and he ran his entire business that way. And he represent. This is why we're talking about this, by the way. He represented an entire generation of salespeople. I mean, I. I Classic Ed story, right? Um, which he had he had a story for everything. But when people were talking about bursts, the 59 bursts, because obviously Ed probably had a few come through his possession and sell them. Um, the the, the uh, burst Paul, Les Pauls, he was the guy that was telling people, look, there are more 
burst less Pauls on the planet than were made. And then he would say things like, I made a few myself. And then he would proceed to tell you, well, I built one or I built, I, we built 10 of them and then we put them up on the roof in August and let them sit up there till September, as long as it wasn't raining. And he's like, that's how we aged them. And then we bring them down and we beat them up with a hammer and stuff. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's unbelievable. The guy's admitting, don't, and he has rants about this. Don't buy cheap, cheap fakes. Don't buy fakes from other countries. Buy fakes from me instead. Like, what? What? What sense does that make? It's only, it only works if it justifies buying from Ed. Like, that's basically what it was. And we have, I think, a reaction to that that we're playing out right now, Jim. And that is that Guitar Center and Sweetwater and Musician's Friend and Zounds and American Musical Supply, which many of those are Guitar Center companies, um, and Sam Ash, and all these companies existed in the late 90s because of people like Ed Roman. Because people dealt with the bad sales tactics from from what seemed to be small business owners, which Ed was not a small business. Okay, he had he had many employees and a, a massive amount of money behind him. Um, it just seems to me that they soured the industry on buying from the mom and pop because sometimes the mom and pops were killing people, not killing people, but taking all their money. Right? I mean. That what? Yeah, what's your you opinion know, there's a there, so we talked a little bit about that before before we started. There's this nostalgia. We we all have nostalgia. For That's the, why I still go to Ed's site. And the thing about nostalgia is it's different views, a different point of view. It's a point of reference to the way things were. You know, people are like, "Oh, I remember the old days when my phone was a was a Motorola Razor." Yeah, those days sucked, and that phone was awful. Um, but it why was good do you at the long, time. Why do you long for something that was only good at the time? Right. Why would you long for something that has long since been, you know, defunct for a good reason? DVDs are defunct for good reason. You know, Blu-ray. I mean, uh, CDs are defunct for good reason. The, the the tech has changed, and it's better and better. Um, I, I was looking at Ed Roman while you were ranting and, um, <laughs> you know, the guy, so the guy died in December of 2011. Yeah. Best, uh, my knowledge. Um, so about seven years ago. And, um, the problem that you've got is that, so there's all these pictures of people who, um, you know, famous people who were holding his guitars. They didn't necessarily say anything good, bad, or different about it. No. Just, they were you don't his- get a testimonial. You get a photograph of them holding the instrument. But yeah, the testimonial was from his family, and then there were a picture of p- famous people holding some of his guitars. You don't actually see them playing his guitars anywhere famously. Um, now, did they buy um, guitars from his shop? I'm sure they did because he Billy sold Gibbons everything. Get a- right, Billy Gibbons is going to get a better get price on stuff than anything. But you know, the one person that put up a bunch of videos about Ed Roman. Was the tone, <laughs> the tone king and the tone king? That guy was all over Ed Roman's um, uh, uh, private parts. Um, I think anyway, he believed. I think he believed Ed Roman. Like so, there was really a guy believed him, right? So there was a guy taking it outside of the guitar world for just a second. There was a guy named Crazy Eddie, and in New York City, if you if you were anyone who uh, was in the New York or New Jersey area, you knew Crazy Eddie. 
because Crazy Eddie sold stuff at, oh, look at this stuff, extreme discounts. Crazy Eddie has come to Crazy Eddie's, blah, blah, blah. Um, Crazy Eddie was a thief. I mean, he was a thief of the American government. He was a thief of the uh, people he was buying, or I mean, selling to. He would sell things um, that weren't what they said they were. Again, just like Ed Roman, he was he was selling you what we used to call a bill of goods. Yeah, um, I'm sure that that uh, use of that that term has been used by other people. But <laughs> what you're looking at here is this. Um, if I can get a famous guitar player to hold my guitar and there, and, and uh, there's a guy uh, doing this now, he's like, Oh yeah, I've got these artists. They're my artists, dude. You sold them a guitar at an extremely discounted rate. We're going to get to one here in a second with the Shang Z thing. You sold them at a discounted rate or gave them one just to get a picture of one. But are they really using your guitar? Are they really? No, there's, you don't see them using them. You don't see them out there. And, or they're, they're artists that nobody knows and don't use guitars. Um, for example, Shang Z got um, a guitar in the hands of the bass player from a one hit wonder back in the 80s, uh, Big Country. And so their bass player is playing their guitar, and it's like, dude, you're not known for playing guitar. Nobody knows your guitar playing. And I've heard it. Let's just say you don't want to yeah, it's, go down that road. It's Tone King esque. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, and the same thing. Yeah, with the Tone King, it's like, where are you looking for your tone, and where are you looking for your information? We we as podcasts are not trying to sell you anything. We're we're providing you know like you're doing right now with the Fuzzface videos and the, and the other stuff. Um, I honestly think what you ought to do. Go down to Guitar Center, get a Viper, or wherever. Get a Viper, bring it home, or do the shootout right there at one of your, you know, that shop that you you have a good. They don't have do PV. Shootout. They don't do PV. Yeah, well, there's a reason. Yeah, Guitar Center does, and Guitar Center uh, admittedly puts them right there. They're the spiders and the PVs sit right next to each other. If and one the, of our and listeners, Blackstorm, ID Corps. If one of our listeners will rent me their PV, I will pay them 35 bucks plus the shipping, bring it to my house, shoot it out with my katana. Dude, here's what I can do. I'll pay for the, um, I'll pay for it. You get it in your house and then return it and get it back on my card. See if we can do that. We'll talk, we'll talk about it. I think we should. I think at this point, um, that's a, that's a mission of mine. Yeah, because I think that you should do the same shootout. I think I think I should, and I think I should do it better. Yeah, I'm gonna put pedal. I'm gonna put pedals through it because I could guarantee you that's the weak spot of the or the the viper. I'll yeah. bet you it cannot handle dynamic range from a pedal. Save its life. No, no, it is it is what it is, and it, and there's nothing wrong with this. If you're gonna buy an ID, um, what is that? The, the Black ID, Star the ID, ID core. core. Or you're going to buy a spider or you're going to buy a viper. It's so that you can sit in your bedroom and play through your headphones at those volumes and, and get perfectly okay. There is nothing wrong with that. Nothing. You don't have a pedal board. You don't have the money. You don't have the resources, whatever it is. It's that is what it's for. That is the niche. 
That's what my Mustang is for. So I can go to church and drag it in and drag it home. And all I have to have is that four pedal or four button controller for it. I don't need a big pedal board. I'm just that <clears throat> there is a place for all this stuff or it wouldn't exist. All right. All right. All right. I so, agree. I agree. We so got- talking about sales yeah. tactics, we got to get to one more. One more guy. One more guy. Kiesel. We got to talk about Kiesel. Now, what is his name? It's Kiesel, but it's. What is I, his first name? I don't recall. The young kid. Because he's not the yeah. owner. No. His dad owns it, and he doesn't want anything to do with the publicity side of it. No. Yes. It was his grandfather that started the whole thing. Um, and the reason they called it Carvin was because there was a Kiesel around at the time or something. They had to change the name. So, um, yeah, there, I don't recall the specifics, but yes, it, they had to change the name. So Carvin was like uh, an amalgam of two of the kids' names. So right. that's, that's why they became Carvin. Uh, Carvin is now defunct and in a various state of restructuring or whatever. And yeah, didn't one of the kids get the the so, guitar side and the other right, one? Right, right. Jeff Kiesel, who I believe is that's the, who I believe he's the, the main guy. Right. Uh, he he split off. He all he wanted to do is build guitars anyway. Right. So he took his half <clears> of the company, and then they took their half of the company, and their half of the company folded because the pro audio side of it was just not keeping the doors open anymore. Um, right. And the guitar side of it was allowed to flourish. They became Kiesel guitars very shortly thereafter. Um, you can still get Carvin logos, I think, on certain models. But I think yeah. that's changing slowly over time. Um, so here, here's the thing: like, I like Kiesel's designs. Yep. Um, I, like, I I would consider buying a Kiesel. Yeah, I I mean honestly, um, I I'm in the market for a long-term guitar with stainless steel frets. I'm starting to come around to the fact that I don't want to pay to have fret work done anymore. And I really don't think there's going to be that big of a tonality trade off. I know people are like, Oh, stainless steel frets are too bright and there are people who work on them. Uh, But honestly, like, do you need people to work on them? Number one. I mean, yeah, maybe if you have a high fret or something, but number two, look, just turn down the treble on your amp. (laughs) like i mean figure it out there's a way to roll that high off i'm sure so anyway don't don't press so hard there's there are a couple of um carvins left there's the jb 2000 or 200 c the jason becker uh jason becker tribute Mm. uh classic um that one comes with the carbon on the headstock oh yeah it's an option on others jim that's why i said like it's hard to tell how many they're making that you can actually get the and it may be even on off uh an off book option because they do, yeah. they do what I think it's called option 50. So if you call them up and order, as long as you're not going to return the instrument, they'll do all sorts of crazy shit for you. They, <clears throat> yeah. So we'll get, that's what we're getting at. So his, his sales tactics, which some of them I agree with. Some of them I don't. Um, so he does videos pretty much weekly. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, he walks through his, his uh, factory. I see. I see the look on your face, Mister. No, our our listeners fine. can't. But I'm fine. I'm not face palming. I just okay. put my head down to my windscreen because I'm. <laughs> That's what I was doing to you the other week. Yeah. Um. So he does this walk through his his uh, factory, and he goes, 
here's this guitar. It's almost done for so-and-so. And he, he reads off first names. He's nice enough to leave off the last name. Um, and he talks, you know, Jeff is going to get this and Jerry's going to get this. And um, uh, Ani is going to get that one. and Kelly's going to get this one. And he goes through these, these uh, guitars um, talking about different stages of build. And I think that that's cool. I really do. I think it's a little fast. He practically runs through the fast. Yeah, I think it's. I think it's also done so you can't see certain things. Yeah, but that said, um, he gets to the finish room and he talks about you know, hey, like a couple weeks ago. This is the reason I'm bringing it up. A couple weeks ago, he talked about um, guitars that were in the finished product in the finish room, um, and he goes, first thing he did, which I thought was great. <clears throat> he talked about how important it was that a guitar is right before we ship it. It's going to be right. Don't call us a hundred times because it's not going to make your guitar get any faster. Um, and then he mentioned that guitars that are paid for 100% paid for are going to go out before guitars that only have a deposit. Now I'm going to take the side of, of that. I believe that's a good idea because he takes a deposit. He makes a phone call and he goes, and the same person that last week was asking, is my guitar done yet? Is my guitar done yet? Is my guitar done yet? Where's my guitar? And then he's calling him saying, hey, guitar's finished. And he gets crickets. Now, the person that paid for the guitar, they want their guitar in their hands. I can understand that. But if you've only put 20% down and you're not calling him back, and this, is, this has to be happening bigger than we know because he's going, he's getting crickets. Now, go ahead. You were saying that you're not really. All right. So, look, I'll go. I got what he's trying to accomplish here. I, I first off, Jim, I'm going to take issue with one of the, one of the things you're suggesting is that he's got a plethora of people that are calling. When's my guitar going to be done? When's my guitar going to be done? And it says tongue twister. When's my guitar going to be complete? When's my guitar going to be complete? And then yeah. saying, oh, I don't have the money or I'm dodging your phone calls because I don't want my instrument. Listen. Uh, if you're ordering a Kiesel and you don't have the money before the Kiesel ships, you have financing options. They have a pair of financing options. One of them is a lease-to-buy option, right? And yeah. I, I, I have a hard time believing that a lot of the guys that are that are in that situation are not are not like, all right, fine, I'll just lease-to-buy because I, I have to have it. Uh, it. So, yes, okay, that may be an issue. I, I don't know. I'm, I can't speak to that. Um, there's no numbers available on that. I suspect what's really going on here is that Kiesel needs cash flow. And yeah. they're going, I need 100% up front. So why not just say what they mean? Or, and we talked about this right before the episode, but you but you were absolutely right when you said, what if they did 50% up front instead of 20%? Right. I'd be right. all for that. That's fine. That's yeah. a much better option than saying, hey, you're going to get fucked because you don't want to pay 100% up front. Listen, I wouldn't give them 100% of my money. I don't care who the fuck they are on something they haven't built yet until I yeah. got it in my goddamn hands because I've seen too many fucking companies they screw fold. people by folding in the middle of the process. Yep. And they then, fold, what you and then get, all of a sudden, gonna, what do you got? You're going to sue them for bankruptcy? Like, you're going to get dick. You're not going to get anything. You just threw. You and in some of their cases, you could order a Kiesel for $6,000, you know? Yes. Yes. So, and, and that's what I'm getting at. But most of your, I mean, I. I'm, I've not bought a lot of custom guitars, but most of the custom guitars, they get about, they get almost 50% up front. And I'm and fine so with they, that. Yeah. 
I believe me. Look, I don't think Kiesel should be should be putting a priority on people who have only put like ten or fifteen percent down. That's ridiculous. I, look, uh, you, if you put if you and now if they satisfy the rules, so that's the thing. Kiesel has to make the rules clear up front. You can't just say, I, "Oh, well, if you pay one hundred percent, I'm going to get it out." Yes, it doesn't ship till it's paid. Like that, I understand. So if they're calling you up and you're not answering the phone and being like. Hey, I got my money. Then it sits there. And at the same time, I think they should charge you interest on the fucking thing because they have to store it. Yeah, here's the, well, let's let's look at the other thing. Just what you were talking about. If I order a Kiesel and he says straight up, if you want to put your own pickups in them, fine. Ship me the pickups, we'll put them in. But I'm not taking that guitar back if they don't like it. Yeah. If you want this, that's the thing about that people have to realize about custom guitars. You get a custom guitar. And you spend four thousand dollars on it. Don't expect that to be a four thousand dollar guitar to anybody but you. Right. You. That's if you want to lose. You know, if you want to spend three thousand dollars on a guitar and you want to lose fifteen hundred of it right out the door, buy a custom guitar. That that's, that's right. the first way or to do more. that. That's the first way to do it. I'm not saying that they're right. look. I love the idea of a custom instrument. I will. I will probably at some point during the life of this podcast buy one. But I want to make it very clear to everyone that I'm not buying anything custom that I'm not intending on keeping forever because I'm not going to get my money out of it. It's not going to happen. It's totally unrealistic. It's just like if you bought a guitar and you customize. I'm going to buy a Squire Classic Vibe. I'm going to put a $400 Bab. I don't even know what Babix costs. I'm going to put a Babix bridge on it. And then I'm going to put I'm going to put some uh, Seymour Duncan custom shop pickups in it. And then I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna put a a freaking mother of pearl pick guard on it, and I'm gonna replace the frets with stainless steel and redo the tuners. Like I'm gonna spend a thousand dollars on the Squire Classic vibe or more, and then sell it. And uh, when, when I get hard up for money because I don't have drug money, and expect to get my money back out of it. That's absolutely ridiculous. Well, absolutely. first of all, you shouldn't be doing drugs. Prescription drugs, Jim. Why does your mind always jump jump to the gutter? Why would I insult anybody who uses drugs? I know people who are former drug users who I I'm very close. With. I'm just kidding. Yeah. I'm kidding. I'm <laughs> so am I. Drink. So am I. Listen, don't do drugs, people. Seriously. But my point is, like, I'm I'm hearkening back to there's a thing in uh, Fuzz Heard Around the World, which is a documentary where one of the guys goes. You know, the only thing that makes people buy musical equipment is how much money I can, or how much dope I can get with it when I have to sell it. <laughs> like, I, right. Now, it's just a joke. Nothing more. Yep. So. I, no, no, I know that. I, okay, so <clears throat> you're talking about that. So that Shang-Z you bought, yeah. there's no way. I bet you you couldn't get $150 on the open market for it. Probably not. Now, all that said, you've put <sighs> you've put more than that into it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I. So this is a clear case of if I parted it out, I'll get more than if I, um, than if I keep it, right. or than if I and keep I'm stock looking, and so or keep it right. The way it is. So I'm looking for a cheap strat so I can stick um the the David Gilmore set in it. Yeah. And so I know that that yeah, I'm gonna have to change hardware, and Jim, I'm gonna have to. Change- and Jim, you know I'm a strat guy. What have I been recommending you do? Buy a Fender strat. Don't fuck yeah. around. Because you're not going to get your money out of it when it comes time to sell it. Yep. And there will always be a better one. There will always be a better one. Of course. There's always going to be a nicer one. There's always going to be one that comes in. Oh, look at this. This is a much better strat than yesterday. And I'll sell this one and put my pickups over in that one. Yep. 
So, so I, I, I'm just saying that I want to put the David Gilmore EMGs in it, and I want to put the um, uh, I want to put a new bridge on it, and so on and so forth. I already know I'm going to spend more money than it's ever going to be worth. But just like my other one, I I, don't, I can't have the expectation I'm going to get my money back. Yep. It's never going to happen. Yep, it will always be worth what I paid for it. Standard. Mm-hmm. Don't get caught up. If you call somebody and you say, man, I, I want to buy this person's um, guitar because they got these killer, you know, whatever's in them. And, I, and I've always wanted that. And I am willing to spend that extra money to get that. Don't then turn around and go two years later, man, got that buyer's remorse, man, I'm going to get rid of this. I'm going to sell it for what I paid. And nobody wants to pay for it. And, and then you get mad. And you see it on forums all the time. You see it on sales things. You see it on Facebook Marketplace, Reverb, all kinds of things. Oh, gee, I put this much money into this guitar. Yeah, it's a Squire Bullet, but I put three, you know, three or four hundred dollars parts into it, so it's it's worth seven hundred dollars. No one no. is. It's you, still a Squire Bullet. You're still going to get a hundred bucks for it if you're lucky. Yeah. If you're lucky, you might get seventy five for it. You might have to donate it to a church. It's still a Squire bullet. That's why you mod a Squire bullet. So that if you want to take the parts out of it, put them into a nicer one, do it. But don't complain when everybody else doesn't want to buy all your parts. And right. that's it. That's this, um, this Kiesel thing. So <clears throat> I'm 100% behind him. I'm 100% behind him. In that. He's not saying he's not going to finish those guys' guitars. He's just saying, look, we're, we're behind. We don't have enough people. For the hours of the week, if you've paid for a guitar, you're going to get it first. If you haven't paid for it, your guitar is going to come up later. It's not that we're not going to finish it. It's not that we're not going to do it. My, it's my, just that the ones that are in the finish room that are paid are going to go out the door first. I'm 100% behind it. If I paid my two or $3,000 for my Kiesel, darn right I want it bumped ahead of the guy that's only given you $600 so far, whatever 20% okay. is. Here's and here here's the only issue I have with that. If you're the guy that paid the six hundred dollars up front and you're like me and you're saying you're like, I'm not paying ahead, you're fucking ridiculous, then where does it end? So it's one thing if you say, Okay, the ones that are in the finish room that are paid up, those will be completed and sent out. And the other ones will sit until they're until they're paid and completed. Like but it's another thing to say, Okay, we're not starting on your unpaid build until all of the other complete uh, the complete No, no, no uh, that's not <clears throat> right, but that's he did, not what he but, said. Right, but where does it end? Because he hasn't specified the policy. That's my point. It didn't come out on their website. It came out in a fucking video. It, not only that, that this is the problem. Uh, this is the only problem I have with it. Uh, and, and I'll say this when you're talking to your kids as well. If you go, if your kid comes home with a D, and then you go, "All right, you're grounded." Well, I didn't know if I got a D, I was going to be grounded. So, getting a D and being grounded. Kind of, you're kind of pulling that out of your ass. It's the same thing. I, I, I put my money down. I'm waiting for you to finish it to bill me. Why am I behind those people now? And just like you said, the only way I'm going to find out is because I, I didn't watch a video or did watch a video. That's shitty. That's why my guitar didn't ship. That is something I have a problem with. Now, maybe he's sending out emails telling those people. I, I don't remember. Hey, may, to, may, may, maybe. Maybe. Maybe, yeah. but, I'll, but I'll tell you this. I'm in the Carvin Kiesel owners group and I haven't seen shit. I haven't seen yeah. shit about a policy like that. And yeah. um, he might've backed down on it. He probably, he probably did. 
I'm I, called out and but, back but down. I'll tell you what, I've seen some shit going on in that forum where people have gotten stuff that was not completed or was completed poorly and had to be and, and had to be shipped back. And Kiesel was like, oh, no, it's not our problem. You caused that. Like, I've seen some finger pointing going on over there. Again, I'm not getting in the middle of it. I'm just saying, yeah. like, it just <clears throat> strikes me as odd that they're behind and then there's guitars with quality control issues cropping up. Or at least yep. people are reporting quality control issues. Who knows if they are or not? Um, it they, Something's not right there. And the fact that we know that they've had some financial stresses and difficulties going into this situation, this reeks of, no, this isn't about being able to finish builds. This is about we need capital to get through the month. This is where I start seeing the used car salesman side. Yeah. So Jeff sits there and he talks about how he's behind and they've got to get this done. They got to get that done and blah, blah, blah. And I understand you need family time, but that doesn't mean you, you brag about it. And that's how it feels when he was talking about it on his website. He's like, well, I won't he be sounds available like a rapper. for a few weeks. He sounds because, like a rapper. Yeah. I won't be available for a few weeks because I'm going to go race cars and I had to buy tires and I had to do this and I had to do that. One minute you're talking about your financial woes and, and, and how you don't have enough time for stuff. And now you're, talk, now you're talking about going on vacation and spending money. I, I'm not saying don't go on vacation and spend money. This goes back to that Jared Dines thing. You want to smash that guitar? Go ahead. Go ahead. Burn it. Burn you it right to you hell. just don't have to do but, it in front of people. Yeah, don't, don't sniff your nose. At the, it, it, it's, it, it, it sends the wrong message to your employees. <clears throat> yes, right. I'm sure your employees want you to have a good time. Yes, and but, you want them to have a good time. You're absolutely right. right. But you don't but have you to don't, rub it in their face. That's right. When... There was one, there was an old thing that that we used to do in the Navy. You know, it was a, one of those things that was you didn't brag about your accomplishments. You always bragged about your employees' accomplishments. Yep. You never, ever, ever bragged about what you did. So, um, that's, that's right. It's a good rule for life, too, Jim. But it so, is. So, uh, I'm looking at. Um, I'm thinking about this. What I just said a minute ago about him being like a rapper. He's very much this generation of people that's like, and I don't know if it's a generation or a subculture or whatever you want to call it, but he's yeah. very much strikes me as the guy that's like, I have a successful company. I'm rolling in cash. Look at me. Buy my yep. guitars because I'm rolling in cash. Listen, that kind of rapper mentality doesn't even work for them anymore. Right. So why is it going to work for you? I Honestly, that's a big turnoff for me. I'm looking at other custom guitar companies now. Yeah. <clears throat> I, you know what my problem is? I don't know a lot of custom guitar companies. There aren't really a whole. Well, I mean, there are. There's private builders. And that's the thing. Yeah. For what you get from Kiesel, they make out like it's such a great value. But the reality is you can go find a guy like a Kevin Equitz and get him to build you something. And it's well, comparable isn't, isn't in price. Kevin more of a, isn't Kevin more of a, um, an acoustic builder? Uh, Kevin builds a lot of uh, solid body electrics. Does he? Yeah. But I, again... You got to find the right builder for what you're looking for. Obviously, he's not a good good fit for like a Kiesel Garvin kind of build, right? You'd go to. What some, about that guy that was with Ed Roman? You you pointed him out. Um, that's uh, I'm trying to think. Dave not knocked. Not huh? Yeah, one of the he was other. the one that you pointed out that does custom builds, and he's yeah. Um, he was on Amps and Axis just recently. <laughs> if anybody wants to check out the episode, uh, you can go you can go to AmpsandAxis.com and look for Dave Knott. Um, yeah, he does custom builds. He has done some insane stuff over the years, but his build, his builds are not the cheapest in the world, but they're not unattainable either. 
No, so, no. We looked at we looked at uh, his builds the other day, and they're and they're in the line with Kiesel. I yeah. mean, yeah, they're, they're a, little not, bit, a little bit pricier, but you're getting hand, one guy's building it, right? With his bare hands, in a lot of cases, he, there's no CNC involved, as far as I know, in Dave Knocked situation. Absolutely, um, which which is impressive because when you see his inlay work, you're like you you'll be like, oh my god, how did he do that without a CNC? And yeah, so I I um I don't know. Again, I've talked a lot about the fact that I'm, um, you know, I'm going to save up and get a PRS custom. Right, right. Build. And that's, but and that's, that's because it's, uh, that's going to be my, you know, that's, that's that. I'm 50 something years old, folks. I get that one that'll yeah. pass on to my kids or grandkids. So tough shit. It, it, yes, I'm overpaying for it. That's exactly what we're sitting here talking about. When you buy a Kiesel, you're overpaying. But you're getting exactly what you how, want. How many guitarists, and, and Jim, this is where we're going to be practical guitarists for a minute, for the first time in this I, episode. Well, maybe the second time in this episode. Yeah. How <laughs> many guitarists out there need a $3,000 or high-end custom instrument? Right. None. No, none of us need it. None. None. I don't care who you are. None. The answer is none. The, the value on guitarists like... um uh um. Take Joe Bonamassa and all the guitars he drags around, which are expensive. Mm-hmm. The only reason they're expensive is because they're attached to some history. Their expense is not that they were expensive guitars when they came out. No, they, they were, were. cheap-ass guitars. Three, four hundred bucks. Of them, yeah, a lot of them were three, four hundred bucks. I mean, they weren't, they were not expensive. And, and going back to um, uh, this, we're in, a, we're in a world now where uh, custom shops are relatively, I say a relatively new thing. They are a relatively new thing. I think Gibson started their custom shop in what the late sixties, early seventies, um, and even then it was. I it thought was it was. Very, I thought it was later than that. I thought it was after the Fender custom shop began to. Yeah, it was a very fine. Well, they didn't call them custom shop, and I don't. And it was a very finite number of custom or customers that could do that. Even even Paul Reed Smith now has a very custom a, a finite number of customers that get custom shop stuff. And they're only built by two or three people. There's right. not a whole lot of people in that custom shop. Side. Yeah, they're, they're wood so, library and stuff. All, all those really high end instruments are built by an amazingly small number of hands. Yes. And they don't even go to the other finishers. They, they get done. There's just that little part of the PRS shop mm-hmm. where the custom shop start and end. So the point is custom shops are overpriced. There's no question about it. It's because you're getting exactly what you want. You're getting the color, you're getting the, the pickups, you're getting the wiring, you're getting the inlays, you're getting the hardware. Everything is done exactly to your specs. And when I get a custom shop, that's the reason that I was surprised to hear that some of the things you said about some of the keys of customers. When I get a thing like that in my hands, I expect custom shop. It, it, it should be perfect. I, I laughed because Tim Pierce was on um, PRS's uh, thing. And he was talking about, he was doing a jam with, with Paul Reed Smith and Paul, he's very, I mean, that guy is very, very to the point with whatever he says. He, he, it, the truth comes out of his mouth, whether you like it or not. Yeah. And, and Tim said, um, he had a tune up guitar or something like that. Well, it was, I, I had to set it up because of this and He goes, it was set up perfectly when I sent it to you. <laughs> I mean, you had to laugh. But there is a, there is an expectation that that 
that that custom shop is going to be perfectly set up well when you got it so we're we're an hour six i want to i want to kind of wrap things up but i want to say look custom shops don't exist for people who need a stock guitar i mean if you need a a strat with a 12 inch radius there are a number of brands out there that you can get a strat with a 12 inch radius if you need a strat with a 12 inch radius with stainless steel frets there are a number of companies out there with, with that make strats with a 12 inch radius that you can get in the stainless steel frets. If you strat. need a strat with stainless steel frets, a 12 inch radius, uh, a Seymour Duncan Hyperion humbucker in the bridge, and uh, custom shop single coils, a Babix bridge, um, the the Quiet Springs from from uh, uh, Fu uh, Tone or whatever it is, and uh, all of that good stuff. Maybe then you're going to start looking custom. Like the more you, more of those options that you're not going to find in a production instrument is when you push towards custom. But really, custom to me, like if you're going custom shop, that bank better have you know some fucking wild shit you've never seen before on it. Because right. there's no point otherwise. Right. You get your name. You know, there was a time when custom shop was your name in the fretboard. I mean, yeah, it, it's you know like Elvis Presley. If you look at those El- Elvis Presley guitars, and he's got. Because my cousin um, is a is a very high and Elvis impersonator, and he has a couple of those custom shop guitars where all he really needed was the Elvis name in the fretboard. That was not cheap to get or right. do because right. he wanted he's an exact replica guy. You got to you got to know him. Um, but point is, when you're looking at a custom shop, you're not looking at a custom shop for the guy you're going to sell it to two years from now. No. You're looking for a custom shop exactly. for you. Right. And, and you better be damn sure. You better be damn sure that you know what you want in the guitar. Absolutely. So uh, anyway. All right. Well, um, we're going to wrap this episode up. So I have been David. I have been Jim. And we have been the Practical Guitarists.